Hi, and welcome to Vibing With, brought to you by Puzzle of Color. On this episode of Vibing With, we're talking with Steph Littleberg, an artist, writer, curator, and registered member of the Oregon Grand Ronde Confederate Tribes. Her vibrant imagery combines the traditional totem styles of her indigenous ancestors with contemporary illustration aesthetic. Her work frequently touches upon issues of contemporary tribal identity, cultural survivance, and responsible land stewardship. Well, hello, Steph. Thank you so much for joining us, the wonderful creator of Wapato Woman. Am I pronouncing that right? I, I, that's how I've been saying it. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Well, I pronounced it WAP2 the other day. WAP2. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to chat with us and give us a little bit more information about yourself and your art. <laughs> Yeah, I'm honored to be chatting with y'all. I mean, it, like when we met the first time, I thought, oh, it'd be fun to just hang out. So this is a good opportunity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Let to hear that. Let to hear that. Yeah. Um, so tell us, how did you get into, or tell actually give everybody a little background on yourself just right. as a whole, like your okay, art, uh, your bio. <laughs> Um, I am an indigenous artist. I grew up in Oregon and that's where my tribe is also from. So I'm very lucky that I grew up near my ancestral homelands, like actually on them and also near my um, tribe's reservation. So um, I'm lucky in that way because many natives don't necessarily grow up near their ancestral homeland. So I feel uh, very lucky in that way. And so um, I you know, was, I grew up in a really small town. There was like 500 people in it. And I just knew that I had bigger dreams and like, um, staying in that little town. And so, uh, I basically have been an artist since I can remember. And, um, I have worked many jobs. My current like profession is as a writer, um, as a tech writer, but I also write about the arts as well. Um, but when I'm not doing that, I'm also working as a professional artist. And so um, I, I work many jobs at a time. And um, yeah, I, I went to art school when I was a, a bit younger, back in the early 2010s. And um, I've just been working ever since. And so yeah, uh, you know, much of my work is also about my indigenous culture, about my identity as an indigenous um, person, as a two-spirit. And yeah, so anything that I can do where it, uh, my culture is involved, that's what I love to make art about. But I'm also a designer. And so I do stuff outside of that um, just as like a professional creative. So yeah, but I, I dabble in all kinds of things and, and love just creative projects generally. I know you do, you say you do a uh, writer full-time and artist full-time. Is there like a preference which you could do only, if you could only do one or if you only had to do one, do you have one you would want lead to? I mean, if I could be an artist full-time, that would be my, my preference. And I'm sort of on the precipice of that. It's just like, it's almost like one of those things where it's like, you're scared. I, I feel scared to just be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this without the safety net of a 40 hour of work week, you know, because yeah. being a creative is, is not as predictable as a 40 hour work week. I work seven days a week, essentially. And <laughs> yeah. I work very long hours to sort of keep up with all these responsibilities. But um, I feel very honored to like um, be an artist who is in demand. So I sort of am like, 
just trying to take advantage of those opportunities because not every artist ever reaches that level, nor do they stay at that level. So I'm sort of like, I'm in this mode right now where I'm just trying to say yes to as much as I can and um, hopefully build that into a, a, a longer lasting career than um, my writing career, which I love to do, but it's just not, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same passion for me as, as art making does. I totally understand. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of like, you know, like, like, so like celebrities, like actresses and actors sit tell them to, to all the time. Like you're only going to be in demand for so long. Like, you know, if you, unless you're like really, really lucky, but you know, a lot of actresses, like you have to get it while you're hot. So then you end up just taking all every job that's thrown at you because you know, you have to, to soak it all in while yeah. you have, while you can. So. Yeah. Um, opportunities don't knock every day. And so mm-hmm. it's like, when you get opportunities, if you can perform well, it might lead to a new opportunity. So that's my, you know, is like sort of my work ethic as an artist is like, you have to be relentless and you're going to get told no a lot, but like, you just have to keep doing it. And then um, people will find you. And that's what I've found at least is like, I just keep doing the thing that I do and people seek me out for it now. So But it's like, you know, it's like Lisa Frank or any of the sort of artist trends that have happened in our past. Like, you know, she's not popular now. So we just assume that like things will change people, people's tastes change. And so, you know, I'm just enjoying the um, appreciation now and, um, you know, hoping that it lasts as long as it can. That's great. Um, so tell us, I know you, ta- you mentioned in your, in your intro, um, what is kind of your inspiration? How would you describe your art? Um, much of my work, like I said, revolves around um, my indigenous culture specifically, but like my most favorite thing to do is to depict indigenous women and two-spirit people. And um, for those who aren't familiar with the term two-spirit, it actually has sort of a wide breadth of definition. Um, there are many people who you might consider trans who identify as two-spirit, but then there are people like me who are two-spirit and I present as a cis woman, but I actually feel like a man trapped inside of a woman's body. So um, the two-spirit identity is very specific to indigenous culture. And, um, you know, it's like, it is a queer identity and it is, um, acknowledging the idea that some folks have both masculine and feminine that they inhabit in their, in their own, like, you know, persona, as well as just like how you feel inside. And so, um, the work that I make is very much like trying to, represent both women and two-spirit people in positive ways. And the reason is because I grew up with no representation. The only native female representation that I had was Pocahontas. And so um, she was hypersexualized. And she also, her story, particularly when it was told by Disney, was whitewashed. And so um, the people that I had to identify with on in mainstream media, like they didn't look like the native people that I knew. They didn't act like the native people that I knew, you know, they, they didn't match up with reality for me. And so, um, as I grew into an artist, uh, and really 
like more conscious about the work that I'm making. I wanted to make work that represented indigenous women and two-spirit people because um, we are not often represented with respect. And so uh, the work I make is really like honoring them and depicting them in all their power and their divinity. And um, yeah, so for me, that's like the most, that's the most uh, like, reciprocal gift where I feel good because I'm making work that is a positive reflection of myself, but also a positive reflection of the people in my community. And so, um, yeah, I honestly, I'm so excited about this puzzle because there are people now who are giving this puzzle to indigenous women they know as like a gift. And, and so that means that this representation of the Wapato woman is like, um, is powerful in that way that it feels like a positive representation. And so I feel really honored that y'all chose it as a puzzle because it's such a, um, a huge part of the work that I do. Yeah, that's amazing. Cause it, I feel like it, you're, what you said is very much like part of our, you know, the, the, the inspiration and the impetus of our company is that like we wanted, you know, when people think about minority, like a lot of times it talks about like the struggle of, you know, these underrepresented communities, but really there are so many beautiful and amazing things about our communities. And we really wanted to, to highlight and showcase like, and celebrate the, the joy and the, the, the power that we have. So, you know, your piece is just a wonderful addition to that. And we're so happy to be able to work with you. Heck yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you said you grew up in like in a small town, with like five hundred people, like a, I was like on a reservation. So, like, how was it growing up on a reservation? Uh, so, I didn't actually grow up on a reservation. I grew up about an hour away from my reservation in a gotcha. really small rural town. So, I was like one of only maybe three or four you know, people who identify as white in that town. <laughs> so it was like very redneck, very, um, you know, uh, conservative. And um, so it was, it was weird because um, my parents were divorced. My dad is native and my mom is white and I live with my mom. And so um, living with these people and then having my dad's side of the family, like, really give me my identity to, to tell me who I was like my grandmother and my, and my great aunt, like really bestowed upon me, um, my, my identity as an indigenous person. And like, so it was hard for me to be sort of between two worlds where one part of my family was very much like, we are native people. And then the other part was like, we don't have an identity other than being like militant white people. <laughs> and so um, it was just like weird for me. And then I also was very much aware of like Oregon history and growing up in a town that really um, sort of celebrated pioneer history. I mean, um, where I live, in, uh, where I lived and grew up in Oregon, like there, the whole Oregon narrative is all about the, um, the Oregon Trail and the pioneers yeah. and how they travel across the country to this pristine, undiscovered land where all these Indians lived, you know? And so, yeah. um, like, uh, I had to, like, listen to a lot of lies growing up about myself and about how Native people had been eradicated from Oregon, even though I was sitting in the class while they were saying it and being like, wow, we are, we're still here. What are you talking about? And, um, you know, our tribe, my tribe that I belong to is actually, uh, 
a collection of 30 bands and tribes total because once the U.S. government got out to the West Coast, like it wasn't like trying to be nice anymore. So like they were just rounding up all the tribes and putting them onto a reservation. So um, whereas like if you go out east, a lot of those tribes actually have their own reservation. Mm-hmm. Ours did not. You know, they were just like put them all on the same plot of land and let them figure it out. Many of us did not get along. um, None of us spoke the same languages. So um, the reservation also, particularly for Oregon tribes, I'm not sure how it is for other tribes, but there was something called the Termination Act where um, what was delegated originally as reservation land was actually taken away at one point by the government when they terminated the like sort of designation of the tribes. And so what that meant was they seized all that land and they divvied it up between white people. And so we actually have spent since I think like 1984-ish buying back our land from Uh, the government. So um, we actually have only reestablished our reservation very recently. And so um, there aren't a lot of people who live on it because it's actually grown over that time. So like each year we try to like get acquire more of it, but like it has to go through this huge long process with the government where nobody can even use the land for like five years because it has to be in trust. And so it's a very like complicated process um, to reclaim our reservation in Oregon. And so we just just in the last like decade or two have gotten like tribal buildings that are legit and, you know, like established like a legit infrastructure there. So yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but um, you know, reservations are not necessarily where most people who are indigenous live. It's only like 10, 10% of us who actually do because um, of what happened during those times where that land got seized and then we had to pay pay them again for it. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> we're still working on it. <laughs> it reminds me of like, you know, like they, with, with the slavery and like how they were people, people were put together from different tribes in Africa. And then they didn't even speak the same languages and were put together on this boat and brought over. I mean, it's just, you know, a mess. At <laughs> least. Yeah, I mean. But I mean, you're, it's, it is fortunate that you have, you do, like you said, you have that, that you were, we live close to that land and you do have like that, that story that you can tell as far as an understanding of your history. So that's a blessing in, in itself. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel lucky to be here to tell that story, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> no, but, well, when you actually mentioned the two spirit, I was like, it's so interesting. Cause I know like, you know, trans transgender is be is something that's a lot more commonly spoken about um i i loved pose that just finished <laughs> i was so sad that it's over because it's such a it's amazing show so um but um that's a, that's something that like i'm like i mean i definitely i i'm very cis female but um it's interesting to me like just even like the the idea of like two spirit like of having like this male energy versus female energy and like that concept it's like there's so many things that like I've never never had to think about never you know that like oh you know there there is a such thing as masculine energy like and I and you have it everybody has it in them it's just more prevalent in one person it's some people um so it, that's always just like something that I'm like really interested in like learning more about because 
you, you know, like I said, everybody has it in them. And like, when I mentioned like to my mom, like, oh, you know, she's listed, you know, she's has on her social media that she's two spirit. She's like, well, what is that? And like, when I explained <laughs> it, she was like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. Like, you know, like trans does not necessarily make sense to some people, but like, when you think about it, it's like, this energy that you have masculine and feminine energy, it seems like it can be a little bit more of a clear concept for people to understand. Yeah, well, and um, what's cool about uh, the like two-spirit identity is that instead of it being a really concrete concept where like trans is and a lot, you know, like there are very specific definitions, two-spirit sort of encompasses uh, like a spectrum, right? Instead of it being um, just this kind or just that, it's like, it acknowledges that we don't all feel that same way that some folks do where they're like, yeah, I definitely feel like a man or I definitely feel like a woman. Like some of us just don't um, identify that way or like inside it, it has never felt that way. And so um, having a term to describe that feeling and, and knowing that it's culturally specific, man, it changed my life because for much of my life, I, I didn't understand why I felt that way. And then when I learned that in my culture, that there was actually a history of this feeling and that before colonization, um, that the people that we identify as two-spirit today were actually considered spiritual healers, um, that they were considered sacred people within the community. So um, that is uh, an honor to carry that term as something that I identify with and also like a big responsibility too, right? Because if you identify as two-spirit and you recognize a spiritual aspect of it, you recognize that you have to be a leader and be someone who demonstrates like proper sort of respect and behavior in terms of culture because um, we're looked at as spiritual people. And so um, I think that people look at me that way. And even though it's something that's very private to me, my work sort of has that vibe to it. And so um, I have to be very like careful because mm -hmm. I recognize that people see me that way and that um you know, the, like the representation of indigenous women in positive ways is like part of that purpose, right? Is that, um, that I'm bringing forth positive things into the world, um, through my identity as a two spirit. So yeah, it's cool. I love it. I'm like, I feel it was like a huge relief to know that there was space outside of the colonial definitions for me. And, um, it transformed my life in many ways. And, um, and people just don't realize that there is, um, outside of like the um, predominant culture that erased everything else to get to this point, um, that all of these concepts exist prior and they were just kind of erased, you know? And that um, if you go back in history, you find out that many cultures before they were colonized believed in third genders. Um, there, I mean, in India, there's like, I don't even know, I feel like there's like 17 or something. There's a ton. So it's like, depending on where you go, the idea, idea of gender is like so different than the binary male, female. And so um, just knowing that made my heart expand, you know, it made me feel like uh, I belonged in this world when from, for a long time, I didn't think that I did. So yeah, I think that's the beauty of culture too. And being connected to yourself in that way is that 
Um, you can find more purpose in your life than what is prescribed to you by the TV or um, yeah. the government. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that definitely is like, I mean, you know, that's, that's when it comes to like the representation, like you don't, you don't necessarily even know something until you see it. Right. Um, you know, like you just feel like you're alone, but when you see that, like this, there is a long history of this, um, you know, and there are other people in the world that are like you, then that makes you feel Accepted. Like you belong, yeah, yes. accepted. Yeah, definitely. So, what are some of the like challenges challenges you faced as an artist of color? Oh well, um, being a native person generally, um, we are expected to make certain types of work. We're sort of expected to talk about certain things. Um, we're also expected to educate people constantly about ourselves and our history. And so, um, you know, my first, like growing up and being an artist and not having an artist community, I was sort of like, oh, I'm just making my work and I love my work. And then I went to art school and I was like one of only like a couple of POC in the school and like the rest of them were, uh, many of them were white trust fund babies. And so um, they were like 18 years old, had never had a job, went to college, couldn't show up to class on time. And then they would critique my work as an indigenous person. I went to, I went to college when I was like 28. So I had had full-time jobs. I'd been living my life and decided I was going to go back to college and um, interacting with people who had zero empathy, who have zero knowledge, because I'm sure that y'all know this, like people don't care about our history unless it's like, a specific day or month of the year. And even <laughs> yeah. then, they're not really trying to like get into it and really trying to understand like why that history is important. And it's because we keep repeating it over and over and over again. We keep oppressing people. And it's like, that's why the history is important. And so, yeah, anyway, um, working <laughs> with people who are non-native in general, it can be very... Um, can be emotionally laborious because mm -hmm. you you end up having to answer a lot of questions that um, are like, like you're starting at point A in terms of mm -hmm. your knowledge about native people. I actually like learned this statistic a couple of years ago that was like over half of the people in the US have never even met a native person. And of those half of the native, uh, half of the US, how many of them do you think actually have a native friend? You know what I mean? If, yeah. if not even half of the country has ever even met an Indian, let alone actually like got to know them and understand the, the differences in the way that we approach mm -hmm. our lives, you know, like people just have, they're starting from like a different point than I am when I come to those conversations. So it ends up being a lot of work just to like catch people up <laughs> yeah. so you know um that's and then also like i said um you're just expected to make certain work and so um people don't understand if your work doesn't conform to like really traditional looking aesthetics so um you know i'm kind of novel in that like i bridge i use some of that traditional aesthetic in with my own and kind of like yeah mix but like if you don't make hand carved masks or hand beaded <laughs> leather material objects like 
people don't know what to do with you because mm-hmm. you're supposed to, you're an Indian. So you're supposed to make like handmade leather goods, like, you yeah. know, like that's, or dream catchers. I don't know, you know? So yeah. um, <laughs> it's a lot of that uh, sort of frustration about like preconceived stereotypes about what native people do and what they make. So, um, but I also love that because I like to surprise people. And so it's always fun to like, shock audiences with work and they're like what that's a native person like oh well this it places us into a different context and that a lot of that has to do with people just like seeing us in the past and so um when they meet a real live native person it's like a whole um mind um you know sort of fuck for them because (laughs) a lot of people don't realize that we're still here so yeah yeah uh, so that is confronting that invisibility, which I'm sure that y'all understand is like, is a huge part of it, right? Like you can do amazing work, but if you're invisible and people don't know you exist, like you're the only one who sees that work you're, or your community. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, combating invisibility is uh, on many levels is part of a, is a tricky part of the process. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That was really, really well said. Uh I feel like, yeah, people should probably put you in a box of like what they already kind of perceive of, of your culture, of your race or whatever. And that's kind of what they want to see out of you or that's what they expect out of you. So you show them the difference. They're like, you know. Where's they, the leather? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, it's Where's exactly. the fringe? Where's the feathers? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> um, um, so what would you, what do you like, what do you hope to accomplish within, of with your art? Like. I mean, you know, bringing out these new images that, you know, changing the, the perspective. <laughs> um, I am like, just honestly, the more opportunities that I can have to share um, honest and authentic depictions of indigenous culture with the world, then I'm all about it. I am mm-hmm. currently, I'm in the midst of working on my very first, um, like I'm illustrating a children's book and it's, I'm working with an indigenous author. And the story is actually about how, um, if you're familiar with native history, there was a time during the U S um, occupation, uh, where they put a, a lot of native children into schools. And this was the boarding school, um, system, but in those schools, those children were abused. They were murdered. Um, uh, many of them, uh, you know, it was like a house of assimilation essentially, but they're very painful places that the survivors who live on today, um, are still very traumatized by. And so this book is a children's book about that the like the generational sort of impact on how um, Native American women keep their hair. And so it's this like really um, complicated sort of subject to touch upon for a child, but thinking about how you depict these things and tell that narrative in a way that a child can connect is like really interesting to me because I feel like building empathy with people who don't have connection to native people like that's a huge step towards that like um what we're talking about is like that gap in knowledge is like one we just need them to know that we exist and that also we've been through some crazy shit so you know (laughs) and like how we tell that story to our own descendants as well as non-native children who are reading these books um is a really complicated 
sort of process um, to think about visually, but it's very fun and it's so rewarding because I know that um, those stories are being passed down. And there's also parts of that story that are like telling those kids to be proud of themselves. And so again, it's like going back to that positive representation of like, yeah, this really bad stuff happened, but we're going to overcome it and we're going to be stronger and we're going to be proud. And so for me, that's just like, oh, that's, that's what it's about for me is like just more of that and pushing that into the world. And so that's really where I'm at. Any project that does that is uh, where my head's at now. So I love that. I mean, I just bought a bunch of books about like, you know, body positivity and, you know, and all kinds of stuff. Of course, you know, I have a two-year-old trying to make sure that she has like that confidence in herself and, and an understanding of like, if somebody has a different body than you, if somebody has a different, you know, personality, whatever, you you have to appreciate the differences in people because that's the problem with the world right now is that a lot of people don't appreciate and understand uh, mm -hmm. the differences um, in others. So, uh, you know, got to start them young. And so I love whenever we can find books that are, that start them young so that they can grow up and have empathy uh, as older, as adults. Yeah, there's actually, um, there was a book that I looked at, let me see, I actually have it right here. I have a book that I looked at in preparation for mine that's called Here Love. Oh, yeah. oh, and it's, all, it's all about like this dad teaching her how to do her hair and like yeah. it's so cute and like positive, you know, representation yeah. of black hair. And like, yeah, um, I just like those kind of things are so inspirational to me because it's like you see other folks who are confronting these same issues and how they're approaching it. And it's like, yeah, this is like, this is good work because we need our, we need our next generations to be stronger and to be able to think more critically about the bullshit that we're fed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so getting to the puzzle, tell us about Wapato Woman. What is, I mean, I know you, you've, got, you've kind of talked about your overall inspiration, but give us some specifics about how this came to be. Yeah, so um, Wapato Woman is about is like a depiction of a traditional uh, Kalapoyan woman and Kalapoy the Kalapoyan people, specifically the tribe that I'm from. There are many bands of the Kalapoyan, but um, I am from the Willamette Valley, which is where Portland is, and so that um, there's a river that cuts through the center of Portland and that's sort of like the central area for many tribal people and where we sort of came and gathered and um, where we caught fish and, you know, uh, hunted for other types of food. So um, Wapato is actually a traditional food and um, our like main hub that we stayed in um, our tribe, was called Wapato Lake. And it's a, it's just slightly west of Portland, but it was this lake where each year it would be completely filled with Wapato. And Wapato, the, I think the translation of the name is, uh, like the scientific name is like water potato, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> um, but basically it was like, um, a vegetable that grew right on the outside of a lake and so it was like um it looked like a like a I'm trying to think of like a turnip or something like a round bulb and we would yeah. take those and we would roast them and so the wapato is like 
uh, one, a plant that is central to our food life ways, like how we survived each day, but then also it's just this beautiful plant that has these very specific leaves. And so, um, you know, you'll see the leaves cross in front of her body and that's the Wapato, but then also she has, um, two bluebirds on her forehead and, um, some of the, uh, other like uh, food that we would consume would be the scrub jays and those are bluebirds. And so um, though both of those are traditional foods, but also like these living objects that were central to our culture. And so um, the image is very much like uh, respect to those traditional life ways that um, were lost through colonization and that our, um, you know, our tribe is working to reestablish and, and teach to the next generation. And so um, I feel, you know, it's like representing the females who um, a lot of the times were the ones who would also harvest the Wapato. And so, um, yeah, it's just like a multi-layered, very specific representation of an indigenous woman that um, most people would not see because uh, the Pacific Northwest does not get a lot of representation in, in native culture. We're sort of, it's interesting because there's a lot of us, but we're, we're actually not the most like represented of the indigenous groups in, in the U S. And so for me to make this, it only like, there are only a few people in this world who can read those codes, right. And know what they mean to them. Cause they're from that from our culture and for everybody else is a beautiful image, but for very specific people, it, it relates to them on a very deep level um, and reminds them of their ancestry. And so that's what I love about the image is that it's beautiful. And, um, but also at the same time, it has these little uh, visual codes that let the indigenous viewer know, particularly if they're from my region, what what they're looking at you know and so yeah again going back to that positive representation of indigenous people and and just really like wanting to make something that's uniquely made for us absolutely that's i love that right. <laughs> yeah we i mean you know we're we're in texas so we've got oklahoma and there's a lot of uh, we, i have a cousin that um has Native American roots. Um, and then I've got a friend that lives in um, in Denver. So it's, you know, there's all these different tribes and all these different, you know, different cultures that come with that. So it's always interesting to hear the different stories that yeah. you have. <laughs> so when you received your puzzle, how, how did it feel to like see your art as a puzzle? Was it like exciting? <laughs> it's unreal. It's unreal, especially when people tag me and they're putting it together and just like yeah. to see it in real life and the tangibility of the pieces is like it's really it's really weird. It's like whoa, <laughs> you know, like you don't believe it. You're like, oh yeah, supposedly there's a puzzle that's gonna happen, but it's like <laughs> it, it doesn't feel real until you actually have it, and then yeah. also just like. Props to y'all because the packaging on it is just like so good. It's so, so considerate and also just like really well-made. And so for me, I'm like, man, if you're going to buy a puzzle that you want to buy a puzzle from, from y'all, because it's so, it's so considerately made. It's not like one that you would buy in like a department store or whatever, where it's like, 
it's just, you know, they're burning and turning them, they're, they're trash. And so yeah, like definitely. this has information about the artists on the inside, like everyone loves that part of it. And so anyway, I just think that y'all are really inventive about the way that you approach this project and the way that you give space to the creative who made the image, like it, it sets you apart in many ways. And so I just feel really honored to be included and to be amongst all of these other really beautiful images that y'all picked. And so honestly, it just, it feels unreal. It's so cool. Yeah. I like, I have, uh, I have it in my uh, living room and I look at it every day and I'm just like, wow, I can't, I can't believe that it actually exists. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That's thank exciting. You. It, 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 it's great to hear like the artist's feedback and like, yeah, you know, definitely. <laughs> the excitement in, in their voices. <laughs> Yeah. It's exciting for us too. <laughs> yeah, we're happy. Like people allow us. Like we first started, we were very nervous about like even talking to artists because we were like, who's gonna want to like accept what we're offering or how? Like you know, I, I think it's a good idea. Like if people even care about puzzles, stuff like that. Was uncertainty of the whole thing. But yeah. when we talked to the artists, they were like all were pretty much on board. They were super excited about it, and they like you had to actually get it to release the puzzles. That's where it really got the excitement going and seeing all the like. Like I said, the photos for the people who post it and how they talk about the detail level, get the detail, detailed reviews about it or whatever, or just to show the images in different ways. It's been it's been really cool. And I we hope they all tagged you and everything because we wanted to like, you know, get you guys to shine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been great. I've had a lot of people who have um tagged me that like I know because I follow them because they're a native artist, and then like someone in their life that I don't know will find this puzzle and give it to them. So I've had a few yeah. people. Wow. And so I'm like, well, it's crazy because they don't know that you follow me. And I, I mean, I don't know them, you know, and they just uh, happen to give you the, and so like, it's cool that there are people who are seeking this out as a gift for indigenous people, because it speaks to that. Like, this is something that's really positive, you know? Mm -hmm. And so what y'all are doing is really special. And I think that um, puzzles are such a novel thing that um, of all the like things that have um, withstood the test of time, puzzles yeah. are still around. It's wild. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Bowling is long gone and all of these other like, weird, weird ways that we entertained ourselves back in the day, they're all gone, but the puzzle still remains because even on a, you know, it's like putting a, puzzle together on a tablet or a laptop just doesn't have the same excitement to it you know and exactly. it's a brain teaser and I think that's what people love about it too is it's something that really does engage your brain and so mm -hmm. um yeah I, I think it's it's a great it's a fantastic idea and I just love that it's been a success for you guys because yeah it is one of those things where it has the the staying power so it's great <laughs> awesome thank yeah. you well <laughs> well you know we you are our first artist outside of our own, you know, cultural background. So we're really excited and so grateful that you allowed us to use your, your yes. piece and to, to learn more about your culture. Cause that's something that, that we're excited to, as we are venturing into, to other people of color, um, to, you know, to be able to learn and share about those different cultures as well. And again, celebrate and uplift and, and appreciate them. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, you're doing it in a way that's like so quality. And so it like does, it honors the artist too, you know, like they're proud of it. So I, that's what I think you guys have done such a great job. Just it's, it's beautifully done. It's very well done. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So 
Yeah, so this our series is called Vibing With. <laughs> and that's because we like to what well, we do our puzzles we like to like listen to music in the background. The focus of our puzzles we listen to music. So we kind of want to get the vibe of the artist and of the puzzle or of the uh, image itself. So what's the like music that influences you or inspires you? Oh man, I like I just like trying to think of all the people that I could say at this exact moment. <laughs> so so hard because um I'm very like music is integral to my work, and so mm-hmm. um, making uh I just can focus better with music on, and so and like set the mood you know it's like you get into like you said you're vibing it's like the vibe is important when you're making work so yeah um there are a few different people that I listen to sort of like obsessively um right now in particular uh the one the first one off the top of my list is the Budos band and they are just like uh it's all instrumental but it's like if you were going to narrate a really badass movie with like, <laughs> like just really dope ass instrumental instrumental music, the Budos band is it. And like, when I play that music, I feel like I'm in a movie. It feels like I'm in some like, you know, out in the middle of the desert driving in a you know, <laughs> convertible. I don't even know. It just makes me feel like a badass listening to it. And because it, cool. doesn't, it doesn't have lyrics in it, like I don't get distracted. I can just listen to the music and like work and feel focused on, you know, whatever I'm doing at the moment. Um, and then I was going to say, oh, it's so hard. I'm like, um, there's another artist who is an indigenous um person but he's he I think he's actually passed away now but his name is Link Ray and he's one of the like greatest guitarists of all times many people don't know that he was an indigenous man but he um also a lot of instrumental music where it was just him playing a guitar and it just sounded like badass all the time just like really good guitar (laughs) music and so I love guitar music so much um, and then a contemporary native group that I listen to is called the Snotty Nose Res Kids. And um, they are, they're from Canada, but they um, make music that like, you know, it references like native pop culture. And so it's so fun to listen to them because you hear um, references to your own life in it, you know, and um, yeah, so it's, it's a it's all kinds of music but um I really love just like like really evocative good guitar sounds and just like being able to jam out and uh yeah so I was just listening to Jimi Hendrix the other day man I it's like yeah anyone who's good at guitar I'm all about just listening to that kind of music so (laughs) yeah I mean I gotta love a guitar yeah like the Jimi Hendrix (laughs) yeah yeah those those guys Lenny Kravitz Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you gave us some great options to to, to have a real rocking (laughs) guitar heavy uh, playlist. I mean, I'm excited. Yeah. So, man, we create playlists for all of our uh, pieces. So, that definitely, all that will be included on there. (laughs) Come on, enjoy. I hope you like it. So, is there anything that you want to plug? Any projects coming up soon? Um, I do have 
this isn't like something that I'm going to get kicked back on, but my, um, the Deschutes brewing label that I just, um, just finished for them, which is actually hitting shelves right now, um, for their Jubal ale, which is their winter ale that they do. Um, and it's like this really cool, bright purple, um, and yellow label that I designed. So it should, it'll be easy to spot, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that on the shelves. Another thing where it's like, you know, you just make an image and then somebody like you guys take it and make it into an object. And it's just like, it's so mind blowing to see that transformation. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing my art on a beer can. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Do you drink I'm beer? so small town. That's what I'm looking forward to. So, <laughs> but you know, I, that's the only thing that I've got coming up right now, other than, you know, I'm just working away on many projects. I'm very excited about, um, the book that I'm going to help uh, illustrate for yeah. Carol Carol Lindstrom, who um, last year she released a book for children called We Are Water Protectors. And it's about the water protector movement for children. And yeah. so um, this is her next book. And so I'm just stoked to be helping this woman who m- makes these amazing things, make a book for her that she can tell her story with. So yeah, uh, you know, mainly projects for other people that are coming up, but I'm very excited about them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's you gotta do those. Right. <laughs> those keep are, us, keep exactly. us in in, uh, in the know, and we can definitely you know share with it all the people who are big fans of yours already through the puzzle and and other venues. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Let everybody know like where can we follow you, find you, Instagram, website, share. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. My Instagram is usually the best place to keep up with me. That's where I sort of post my regular work or my process when I'm doing different projects. Um, Art Nerd Forever is my handle, um, all spelled out, no numbers in there. And then um, my website is stephlittlebird.com. But yeah, uh, find me on Instagram. That's usually the best place to to track me down. (laughs) You know, TikTok a lot too, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, I just started on TikTok. I'm not as I'm not as big on TikTok as I am I on Instagram. I'm working on it. Are. Yeah, <laughs> but we yeah, just... I'm Steph Lord, uh, Steph Little Bird on TikTok. <laughs> awesome! Thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening to meet with us, and we cannot wait to to see more from you. Thank you for joining us for an episode of Vibing With. Be sure to purchase a puzzle by this talented artist at puzzlesofcolor.com. You can also listen to a curated playlist of music to pair with this artist's puzzle on Spotify. Just search for Puzzles of Color.